All right, we are back. We're going to give it another shot. This is attempt 135 to produce a good podcast. This is the Grunge Bible Podcast. My name is Ethan Shalloway. I am joined, as always, by Chris Salona. And yeah, Chris, I just, I figured, you know, we're just out here giving it another shot. You know what I mean? We're just That's seeing if something sticks on this episode. I think so. Exactly. And um, if you've been listening in particular for the last couple of weeks, you know that we're big baseball people around here. And we've we've referenced the great Joe DiMaggio's streak of 56 games, you know, that he hit safely in a row. And we've got a streak going of our, uh, you know, on, on our own over here of 135 weeks. But, you know, with, with, with DiMaggio's streak, you know, sometimes he goes one for four with a single and keeps the streak going. Other times he goes four for four with three home runs. Um, you right. know, so we have our podcast episodes where we're four for four with three homers. And we have our other podcast episodes where we're one for four and we had a cheap little single up the middle. Uh, so we'll leave that to the people to decide whether episode 135 is a uh, strong day at the dish or if we're just doing enough to get by, uh, you know, because all we can do is all that we do. Uh, Ethan, right. how are you today? You know, Chris, I'm doing pretty well. Um, this is the first episode I'm doing back in Alabama. I took this week to drive down and it was really nice. I'm a big fan of driving. Um, not all the time, but like whenever I drive, I'm always like, usually I'm pretty happy I, I, I did because totally. I can stop and see people along the way that I would normally right. not see. And, and it would have to be like a formal event to have, to have it planned. Indeed. So I was able to, you know, I drove in the northern PA, well, central to Penn State, and then I went to Lexington, Kentucky, and then I finished um, down through Nashville. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was able to see a bunch of uh, people that I, you know, haven't seen in a year or maybe even more. And it's just really nice, you know, just you get to spend a night, you get to have coffee in the morning and then you hit the road and it's pretty sweet. So it's a nice, nice little rhythm to it. And yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to be back. Like it was my, by the end of it all, like my time at home and then, and then all that driving, it was a lot of like explaining to people what what's going on in my life. So socially pretty drained at the end of it. And like, it's only so then, many times you can tell that story in a short window. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. So it was a ton of that, ton of the same. And, uh, so it feels good to be back and not really have to explain myself it's like, um, the, it's like the kid who shows up to fifth grade with his arm in a cast and you have to explain it to everybody <laughs> for the entire entirety yeah. that you have your cast on. Yeah. Uh, but my, I'm, my, I'm dad, my, my dad hit me. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> nah, it could have been anything. <laughs> That's the real me. reason. You're not going to say that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's a little dark humor. Exactly. As Ethan takes a, a swig of his beer, I think that's my signal to, to explain to the people how I'm doing. I was about to say, Chris, how are you? I'm good. Um, we are recording. I think this is a first. We're recording on a Saturday afternoon. It's two o'clock for you, three o'clock for me. And this feels really strange to be sitting down doing a podcast right now. But, you know, it's our turn to be up to the dish. We're going to see if we can get some hits. Uh, I'm good. I had a good week. Um, I saw the Wonder Years in concert once again. Uh, for the fifth time this year, uh, and it was fucking awesome. Uh, I saw him up in Boston with top-level Patreon supporters who we'll get to in a minute, um, and it was it was a blast, dude. They always put on a great show, really, really good crowd, much better than Philly. Um, so I did that. 
Friday kind of got away from me a little bit. Uh, I took it easy, napped a little bit, got some good sleep. And um, now it's Saturday. I got some good coffee, good breakfast. I had a good lift. Uh, I grocery shopped and now I'm podcasting. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'd rather be I'd rather be broadcast. <laughs> I'd rather be broadcasting, but. Exactly. So yeah, we're, we're, we're all, all's, all's, all's well over here. Uh, you know, we're continuing on as uh, it's almost, uh, it's almost November here. Uh, so time is moving quickly, but you know, it's important to check in. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost November everywhere, you know. That's true. That's, yeah, that's not just crazy. here. That's the <laughs> just, crazy part. Just specifically for me. <laughs> like, fuck it's, you, it's November. <laughs> it's November for Chris. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I, I feel like, yeah, we're both at a pretty good spot. Yeah, um, I would say so. And yeah, and this podcast is going to be fun. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, yeah, our support, the This Day in Music. We're going to keep that rolling. And then we have a special little segment on School of Fish, a band that you probably haven't listened to maybe as much as you should. Yeah. And uh, just someone that we wanted to uh, talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes, you know, in the course of events of, of planning this podcast, you know, we have a lot of different directions that we can go in. You know, there's always albums to review, there's people to talk to, and there's bands to talk about. So um, I think it's a cool thing that we can use this week's episode to maybe shed some light on a band that, uh, you know, uh, is very deserving of more recognition and more listening ears and more fans, even though, you know, they haven't been together for, you know, nearly 30 years at this point, but excited to get into some School of Fish talk. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I do have a little housekeeping issue. I would like to apologize uh, to all of our loyal members, our loyal listeners over on Spotify. Um, last week's episode, if you're up to date with things and if you like to listen to it on Monday, um, it was not there for you. Uh, so evidently there was an issue between our podcast hosting service and Spotify. Um, there was some sort of coding change between the two and our host initially said that it was Spotify's fault. Spotify said it was our host's fault. And after much back and forth, I did discover that it was in fact our host's fault. Um, mm. So a couple of emails later, uh, I believe we have the problem resolved. So hopefully this one is in your inbox in Spotify bright and early on Monday, October 23rd. And hopefully we never have to deal with that again. But these things happen. There came to, they came to snuff the rooster. They Chris. tried. They tried to snuff us, which sucks because I think last week's episode was was really quite good. Um, and I had a few people reach out. They're like, where is the podcast? I was like, it's, it's out Christ. there somewhere. It's out there. No, I like that, though. You know, they want to listen to it. We're a part of people's Monday routine, Ethan. And I don't, you know, we, we take that, we don't take that lightly. And apparently our host, our host was just like, fuck it. They take it lightly. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's part of the flood. The podcast comes in on Monday, like everything exactly. else. Right. So hopefully we don't have to deal with that issue again, but we're well equipped here to send angry emails to the people that need to be receiving those emails to fix the problem. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm always, I'm always at the ready if it, if it's time to, to be stern with somebody. So, you know, yeah. I have, have to turn have to. turn these keyboard fingers into fists, you know. Exactly. <laughs> give <laughs> give them a knuckle sandwich out here. Yeah. Sweet, 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 sweet. So very sweet. Yeah, if you're one of those uh listeners on Spotify or Apple or wherever you find your podcast and you've been listening for a long time, you know, maybe maybe it's time that you uh decide to give a little bit of more than just time and listens, but maybe uh two dollars, five dollars or if you're really feeling generous, $10 a month, that is what our Patreon um, tiers look like. Pretty simple, um, pretty affordable, I think, as well. And um, 
It's one of the yeah, few things was, that the cost has not gone up with the rate of inflation. Right, right. Like I, two, I love thing, it. two things that have stagnated: uh, wages and the Grudge yeah. Bible Podcast Patreon <laughs> levels. How much? How much everybody gets paid to do the job? And uh, yeah, yeah, Patreon. So, but it's a great opportunity, right before, right in November. No better time. <laughs> there is no better time than <laughs> no the better present. time than the present. And you know, when when we set out to do this podcast, you know, there's, you know, we we need support, and you know, each and every day since then, um, you know, we are just so excited and so grateful for everybody's support on this project. And uh, it's at this time that I would like to thank the individuals. Um, but we can ring the bell this week. We have a new Patreon supporter, uh, and their name is Darren Byrne. Uh, the jury is out if there's any sort of relation relation to David Byrne, uh, but we can maybe maybe check that out a little bit. So Darren is joining up at the two dollar level. Uh, so thank you and a very kind bell ring to you, my friend Darren Byrne, uh, joining the Legion of supporters. And um, as we know, our ten dollar supporters are you know the captain at the front of the ship, uh, guiding us hopefully safely into port uh, each and every Monday. They might uh, be the North Star, Chris. Yeah, that's and right. Yeah, we're, we're, the, we're, the, we're, the, we're captains. the captains. <laughs> they're the North Star. <laughs> the captains. They, we, are, we are the captains of this entire operation. And if you're watching on screen, we both have uh, these wooden captain statues. This um, is us. These, this are, is these us. are our guys. Yeah. These, are, these are our guys. And uh, you know, we need to get safely into port. And uh, we can thank our top tier supporters for allowing us uh, the opportunity to even stand, you know, at the helm of these ships that we pilot, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut my mouth and just start, start thanking these people now. All right, ten dollars a month, uh, every, every, every month, uh, these people make it possible. <laughs> Patreon supporters: Pile of Punk, Lameller Bone, D Boat, Gochu John, Eric R. Barry, Corden Stewart, Keith White, Sherry Matthews, Mike McCready's Mustache, Granny Grunge, Apona. Alex Long, Seattle, Seattle 4 fanboy from New Jersey, Faith Bittner, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Black Hole Sean, Chris LSMS, Nikki Six, Kara K, Rachel Corning, Millie, Doug Endy, What the Fuck is Up, Denny's, Fuck Soup, Jamie Lynn, Laura Nyreen, Blue Owl, Jade Mercado, Carlene Salona, and Alexis Shannon. Thank you one and all for being our sun, moon, and stars. Chris, I think that we should put up a um, two pictures on the story with a little, a little poll and see... Which one of see, our see which one of our captains is better? Yeah, see yeah. which one of the captains the people rock with because yeah. they're both very worthy. We, we can make that happen. 100%. Yeah, I want to. I want to see what the people have to say. Right, we'll have to see. Uh, let them. Let them decide. So, what do you say? What do you say we get into it here a little bit? Let's start right at the top oh, yeah. with this day in music history, uh, October twenty third. Um, so, starting in chronological order. Um, I'm just going to get right into it. Yeah, On this day in 1959, Weird Al came into the world. Uh, Al Yankovic. <laughs> what do you think about Weird Al? <laughs> well, I see you wrote in, ca in quotes, asshole. And I, put, <laughs> and I put next to him, I love Weird Al. Um, I love him, dude. I, I think don't. He's a, geni he's a genius, dude. He's super I, I smart. I love him. He's super smart. He takes, he's ton of, in a parody, like parody of songs is like, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's very flattering. I mean, he doesn't take any, if he takes, if he took your song and remade it, I mean, that's a great honor. It's a lot of if really he good parodies stuff. parodies our podcast. I would, I would love it. I'd love that'd to have good. him on. Yeah. I've seen him once in concert and uh, what? On a, I've seen that man in concert. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Why? Because my dad liked him and, he, and, and. Of course. Yeah. You're, yeah. That, that makes sense. Checks out. Yeah. I mean, and it was awesome, dude, because he has like really awesome 
kind of music videos that go with a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. So he would like play the music videos behind and he'd come out and like dress up and stuff and, and play the parts. Like he had interesting. A, you know, and he like, he had a, um, like he did, he had a Nirvana one and he had, uh, uh, beat it and he changed it to eat it. So he came out and like was dressed up in a fat suit. Cause that was a, what it's all about. So I don't know, dude, he was, he was clever and he's really smart and he's, and he, and he, and he played with the times. So why don't you like him? It's a better question. I just don't. I don't yeah. know how to. La- I just. I just don't like. I don't like the concept. You think it's fake. Yeah, I, I just don't like it. You know, I. I don't have any. I'm not going to get into the details of it. I just. I just. I just don't, <laughs> I just, I just don't like him. He's up there with the Beatles. Exactly. He's way up there. Like the the holy the holy trinity of of me not liking them is like Motley Crue, the Beatles, and Weird Al. Wow. Yeah. But anyways, happy birthday to him, born happy on this birthday, day in weird, 1959. Weird Kicking it forward a few years, uh, October 23rd, 1963, Bob Dylan recorded The Times They Are a Changin' on this day in 1963. Obviously a very, you know, a standard of, of, of folk tradition, a standard of modern music. Uh, you know, it's been covered by hundreds and hundreds of people in the time since, uh, and it still rings ever true. You know, a lot of these societal problems and, and issues that Dylan wrote about then, you know, they're still just as present now and, and those songs have value even as we stand here today 60 years later yeah Big Bob yeah Dylan. that's awesome yeah. um in 1966 Jimi hendrix records what would be his first single hey joe and i thought it was interesting that i mean i guess you know thinking about it, i thought jimmy maybe would be a little bit older and had, had a song before bob dylan so i'm, I'm kind no. of surprised to see that but i guess dylan's yeah i guess he is older yeah his jimmy star burned brightly around. and not for very long right he was absolute king. Hey Joe, once again, a song that's been covered, you know, by so so many people. And I mean, that's the biggest form of flattery, I think. If you, you know, if you cover somebody's song, you, you devote time of yourself. Except when it's Weird Al. Not parodies, though. <laughs> Not parodies. <laughs> I'm out on parodies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna shift forward uh, a few a few decades here, up to October 23rd, 1989. And on this day in 1989, Nirvana played their first ever show in the United Kingdom. Uh, so that's obviously very notable here on the Grunge Bible podcast. Uh, and then up two more years on this day in 1991, Rage Against the Machine played their first ever show at Cal State Northridge, uh, obviously over in California. And an uh, interesting note, they opened with Killing in the Name of, which still at the time of that show, it was just an instrumental. There had not been lyrics written for it. Um, so, I mean, talk about nice. ground floor. That show on October 23rd, 91 was the first floor. Of the Rage Against the Machine experience. That's pretty crazy. Was the Nirvana show, so that was their only their first show in UK, not their first show ever? Yeah, only their fir- their first show in the United yeah. Kingdom, yes. They had played, you know, for a few years right. domestically. Sweet. Excellent. Moving on, in 1995, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, initially released in the UK. US release would come one day later, October 24th. Um, so that was on our radar to do an episode on that. And I just want to have everybody know there's a deluxe edition um, on Spotify, the album that had like 92 tracks on it. And it was almost six hours long. And uh, Chris and I decided that was not in the cards for us to do today. <laughs> that, was, that was not going to happen. Well, even the standard album has like yeah. 24 songs or something. That was also not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, maybe someday. Maybe someday. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a super word of the album. I mean, it has a ton of like yeah. some of the most popular stuff. and. Yeah. You know, maybe one day we will get to it. Maybe we'll do another Smashing Pumpkins. Um, we can do another one soon, maybe, yeah. Chris. 
Yeah, I think we can. We can we can squeeze one in here and there. Uh, let's kick it up to uh, 2001, October 23rd. And, and this is probably one of the more consequential dates uh, on the entire music calendar. Um, on this day in 2001, Apple publicly announced the iPod. So they announced that it was happening. Um, and obviously the, the streamability and the downloadability of music into a device in your pocket, um, you know, that day, you know, the, the iPod especially has, has really forever changed the way that people consume music. Um, it's had a lot of negative ramifications, I think, in the way that, you know, artists are able to profit off of their work. Um, you know, so for for better or for worse. And that's the interesting thing, you know, about any sort of innovation, you know, when, when, when people are on the cutting edge and, and create new inventions and innovations, you know, there's no, there's no rule book on how to use it. You know, you can use it for good or for bad. Uh, you know, and the iPod obviously was, was such a, such a tremendous innovation and something really important, uh, to the accessibility of music, but there's obviously different consequences, both positive and negative. But I mean, my music experience was molded by the portability of music for sure. So, um, was that pretty, your first device, Chris? Um, Did music you have an device? iPod, iPod yeah, I, Nan Nano? I had, an, I had an iPod Nano. I got it in cr for Christmas of 2005. And I remember... Oh, yeah. Um, hot Christmas gift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember some of the like technologically minded members of my family. Like We had Christmas Day dinner with like just like the small family. But then at night... Um, the entire extended family would come over and we'd have, you know, 60, 70 to 100 people filter in throughout the house throughout the evening. And I remember some of the technologically minded members of my family were just marveling at the fact that that little thing had two gigabytes. It had two gigabytes of storage, which is so massive. And we were marveling at it. And it's crazy now because like my iPhone right now has like 500 gigabytes and it's like not Jeez. that much bigger than the iPod Nano. So, or the, yeah, and the it's iPod not Nano, enough. So, and it's, 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 it's never, never enough, enough even. <laughs> <laughs> it's never enough. Yeah. Yeah. I remember enough. the Nana. I remember when they first got the uh, touch screen and that was a big mm -hmm. deal. Yeah, I didn't have that the, one. I, I had to use the wheel still on mine. Do, do you remember the classic, the iPod classic where you could watch music videos? Yes. One of my that friends, was, my friend Jeff, who turned me on True. to a lot of music. I was so jealous of, because of, yeah. we used to watch Green Day music videos on his iPod. <clears throat> yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. It was probably Christmas yeah, like 05 or maybe yeah, a couple like he, years later. He, he got and the big iPod and I got the Nano. Drew, you know? Well, I was going to say, Drew got the iPod yeah. Classic. Did you and have the I Shuffle? Got, I had this... Um, no, I didn't even have an iPod. I had another. I had another device. Not <laughs> Absolutely. As, not not like as a Zoom. skull candy or something. It, yeah, it was like it was an MP3 like Sonata or something. <laughs> the Hyundai Sonata. It was it was a Hyundai MP3 Sonata or something like that. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, it, but but my little my little thing. It was nice because it wasn't a touchscreen wheel. It mm -hmm. was like actually like a piece. So yeah. it actually had some physical touch to it, yep. and you could and it would light up blue. Okay. And it was, uh, you know, I you know, I did the job. I liked it. Same same difference. That's exciting. I like that a lot, and I'm glad oh, yeah. you know that we had iPod Nanos because a few years later, you know, one that was downloaded many times uh, on this day in 2006, Amy Winehouse released uh, her very famous single "Rehab," which I remember dominated the radio at the time, uh, and I think is mm -hmm. still one of the more enduring uh, enduring singles that she ever put out. Um, also, on this day in 2006, a very important day for anyone that's around our age, um, My Chemical Romance released their album "The Black Parade." 
on October 23rd, 2006. And uh, yeah, man, so, this, so good. this one's really important. I, I had not listened to it in, in ages, Ethan, because I, I hate the title track. Um, I, I just can't, I can't stand it. Like the, you know, my mother the, took me into the city or whatever to see a marching band, whatever the fuck that one. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Parade. Welcome to the Black Parade. Yeah. I just, I, I, it's just not for me, but I'm telling you. I love, um, I love that song. Do you? I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. Uh, and I, I still can't get into it, but as a young um, boy listening, I was, I was maybe easily, easily got into it. But that was, that yeah. was, I was a big teenagers guy to. and I was a big disenchanted guy. Uh, a couple of yeah. the final tracks on the album. Uh, yeah. But, teenagers was awesome. And then, yeah. uh, I like blood and cancer a lot too. Mm -hmm. I remember listening to those yeah. a bunch. And I'll tell you, like, if you're in your late twenties right now, like this is one that you're going to remember, you know, whether, you, whether you enjoyed the, the album or not, um, you know, you heard it, you had friends who were into it, uh, you know, M they MCR had, they had, was like, massive, man. Yeah, they were massive. They're a huge, it, huge deal. So I was, um, I mean, that when they, when they broke up, I was really sad. I mean, that was a big deal. Yeah. I think they came back together for a little bit, but they always get back together. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I was listening to, oh my gosh, I, I had a, I was, you know, we've been listening to the emo, those emos of the world. And Fuck yeah. So I, I just listened to, listening to some Under Oath, you know, some heavy, okay. yeah. heavy metal from back in the day and it went on a playlist, but um, Make Damn Sure came on and that song Taking is Back just, Sunday. Yeah, Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. And um, man, that song is just like, it's just still to this day so good. It's so the last part of that song scream. when they switch to halftime drumming and they go to the chorus again yeah. is so- exactly. Amazing. Can, anybody, anybody has to sing that when yeah. it comes on. Everybody has to yeah. sing that. Like I'm, I'm just, gonna, like, I'm going to listen to that song multiple yes. times as soon as we finish recording. Dude, it's. I was going to send it to you and be like, dude, this song is just like, yeah, it's so vintage. It's so vintage, and it, mm -hmm. it is really. But it good. still sounds so fresh, and that's how you know they were they were doing something right. That might be a that song a good of the time, week candidate. Man. MCR, Taking Back Sunday, dude, Reliant K. I don't know yeah. a couple of those bands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some good stuff. Yeah, we're gonna have to have like a spin-off <laughs> podcast where we just talk about these bands. Yeah, it would work. Yeah, it totally would. Yeah, that's a really good album. And then lastly, <laughs> fast forward to today, the 135th episode of the Grunge Bubble podcast is out worldwide. And that's a pretty special day in music that'll be remembered forever. Yeah. So. That one's going into the history books. The pundits are taking note of that right now. So that's our music trip down memory lane for this day, October 23rd. And now we get into the main event and, uh, Ethan, as, as we were talking about earlier, um, it's always fun, you know, to use this space to, to shed some light on, on different stuff. And, and maybe, you know, if we can draw people's attention to an area where they wouldn't normally put their attention to, uh, you know, and they spend some time in that area and come out with a newfound appreciation for something, or they become a new fan of something. Um, you know, that's the purest form of music fandom, I think, you know, because, we can share something with somebody in a sincere way and they like it and they in turn go and do that with other people. Um, yeah. I think that's a really special thing. And that's how, you know, that's how music perpetuates itself and, and that's how great art lives on. And uh, today we get to do that with a band that we've been fond of for the last few years since we discovered them initially. Um, and that is School of Fish. Um, they were a short-lived band uh, that were founded in 1989 and they had disbanded by 1994. So, but a brief moment in time. Uh, and obviously as far as like guitar driven alternative rock, um, you know, probably the most, uh, resource rich era of alternative guitar driven rock, you know, and they were, they were players in that scene and they were, I mean, how, 
how saturated that market was with great music. You know, everybody's fighting for air. Everybody's fighting for their space and, and the attention yeah. of people. Um, and, and this is a band that, you know, they never, um, they didn't break through to certain heights that, you know, uh, commercial heights that a lot of other bands at the time that we all know and love did. But, you know, the music is is great just the same. So it's 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 exciting that we're going to be able to, to discuss the mighty school of fish. Absolutely. Um, just wondering, Chris, do you remember how you initially found this band? Because you put them on to me. Yeah. So um, was it a rabbit hole? Or I, how do we get? How do we get I there? I do not remember. I think it was sometime in like the fall of 2019, and I don't know if somebody sent me Three Strange Days or if I found it on my own. But I know that was the song, as I think most people with School of Fish, that's the song. You know, you don't happen upon to euphoria, you know, on your own, unless you're really going through some shit, which you I would find s- out in 2020. <laughs> I, euphoria became a big a big one for me. But I think that's how it happened. I, and I started posting them on, on Grunge Bible. And strangely enough, uh, and we did an episode on, on this band, The Tragically Hip, you know, maybe about a year ago. But the, the response that we get when we post School of Fish, the replies and the comments are so unbelievably sincere. And like the the memories that people will comment are so vivid. And, and that's just a testament, I think, to this band, um, you know, that they were only they only released two albums. They only existed for, you know you know, the better part of five years and, and, you know, still almost 30 years later, people are immediately taken back to those days and the music's got to have some staying power. So, uh, as we get into it, so the, the two main players of school of fish, uh, were two individuals named Joshua Clayton felt, uh, and Michael Ward. Um, and initially, uh, for their first record and, and subsequent tour of that record, um, they had Dominic Nardini and Michael, Michael Petrak with them, uh, but after that album, they switched, and then the the the, the live uh, rhythm section was uh, Chad Fisher and uh, I believe Chris McDonald uh, over on bass. But um, I'll tell you though, the the synergy that Joshua Clayton felt, who did vocals and, and some guitar, and, and Michael Ward, who was a, a powerhouse of a songwriter and, and lead guitarist. Um, they were able to come together and, and make some really, really awesome stuff. I think particularly um, on that first album that they put out. And uh, I'm always partial to Josh Clayton felt he was born in Boston, spent yeah. some time at Brown university, which is in my town. Um, so it's really, it's a really, really great project. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause they, they did most of their, uh, you know, they were out in LA for right. most of their time as a band. So mm-hmm. pretty cool that he was an East coast guy, especially right from close. That might be how you found him to be honest. It, it might've been. Yeah. It could have been like, something it like been something, that. Cause it'll happen. Like I'll get DMS like, Oh, like you're from Boston. Like, do you know of this Boston band right. or something? Um, and, and that happens frequently with us with Philly good music, too. Good music scene in Providence. Yeah, not not a bad. Yeah, I mean everybody's that's got. The, that's what they say. They that's what they do say, and that's what I'll say too. So, um, yeah. So they they got together in 1989. Josh Clayton Felt and Michael Ward, and Michael Ward would go on actually uh, post breakup of School of Fish. He'd play in the Wallflowers, which was Jacob Dylan's band, and they had some obviously hits of the 90s uh, going on there. And then he became a prominent member of Ben Harper's band, The Innocent Criminals, and, and Ben Harper's, you know, a fantastic artist. He's done stuff with Eddie Vedder in the past as well. Um, so Michael Ward has just gone on to be, you know, a, a musician's musician in a lot of ways and a, and a fantastic guitarist. But, you know, when they got together, they filled out that lineup and they, 
they were able to sign to Capitol Records and they put out both of their albums. But I definitely think that first album that I think we're going to spend most of this episode probably discussing, uh, their self-titled album, which came out in 1991, uh, is just a fantastic song, fantastic album. Yeah. And yeah, I looked, I looked, tried to look up some of the, their concerts and their tours. You know, they played with the likes of Helmet and, uh, they might be giants, Paul Westerberg and it was allegedly, always Paul Westerberg. Oh yeah, Paul dude, exactly. Dyslexic Hark is, is back. <laughs> he never <laughs> left. <laughs> and um, you know, something came up that said they only played eighteen shows in the span of ninety two to like ninety four. And um which, I, don't I mean if they that. pumped out if they pumped out two albums, like yeah, their time would be tight, but like that seems hard to believe. So we're, yeah, I, I, I don't believe that. Yeah. But like it's, you know, five years as a band is not a lot of time. Like right. when you said that, like start to finish, because that first like year or two, they probably, I mean, they probably played a little bit, but, um, well, you don't have any music out. On. So like it's it, the way you play and, and where you play and what yeah. bills you get on is obviously vastly different than, you know, once yeah, you put that so when you, out. when you, when you look at it as a whole, like they didn't play that much and they only have two albums and it was a short lived project. I mean, five years, you know, in the moment, maybe seem that, you know, doing some for five years, but like, you know, that's 30 years ago. That's a short time to be together. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of sad that we, you know, we don't, yeah. we didn't have much more of them, yep. but you uh, figure between their two but albums, that's how projects go. Yeah. Between their two albums, there's 24 songs. Yeah. That's it. You know, but a, but a moment in time. <laughs> yeah. W- one Smashing Pumpkins album is just <laughs> 24 Or the songs. entire career of School of Fish. <laughs> Choose your fighter. <laughs> exactly. I'm picking School of Fish. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm picking. I mean, so the start of the start of the album, uh, the self-titled School of Fish album, this intro, I don't know. I don't know what you think of it, Chris, but uh, I love it. Like, I love it so much. I love that it goes right into obviously three strange days mm-hmm. and it uh, fits perfectly. It has this like, it's like, has that like Jane's addiction, like drumming to it, where it's kind of mm-hmm. like poppy pop drums. Yeah. Got some cool, like kind of meandering, like, you know, uh, riffs and, and drum parts. And then obviously we have the song school, uh, three strange days, which is just, just a perfect vintage 90s song. Yeah. Like that's what, that's what these guys are. They're yeah. just, like, they're, they're, such, they're men of their time. They're men of their time. They're yeah. like, yeah, they're like, I would hear that. This is like, you hear this song on the radio, like, turn it up, turn it up. Larry, tell exactly. your buddy to stop talking. There's just something like, that grabs you with it. And I have yeah. to say, going back to that intro, I love it when, when bands do this, when like one track leads directly into the next, yeah. because like, if you listen to three strange days, just on its own, like it, it just cuts in, uh, you know, and it's right off of the heels of intro, but I love intro, the intro to it as well. The beginning of it kind of gives me like Saturday morning professional tennis on television vibes in a a, a weird way. Um, if that's even like a quantifiable vibe, but for me it is. Um, and you know, it kind of like it shifts as, as like it goes from the intro to like the intro to three strange days and, and three strange days is obviously their hit. Um, and fantastic guitar work by Michael Ward, his tone Mm -hmm. on all of this, all of the lead work, all of the, the heavy riffing that he was doing, um, is really impressive. Um, and I think for me, that's what draws me into a lot of School of Fish's stuff, particularly this song. Um, it's just, it's strange, you know, in, in an era where there was, you know, it's like 
how many alternative rock bands were there? It's like, well, how much time do you have? Um, yeah. And the fact that they're they're able to kind of carve out their own space and create something unique. And, and this song is just incredible. The the bridge is really great. The chorus is fantastic. The way they overlay that that lead lick um, right. into the chorus and in different parts. Uh, and the lyrics are just great. You know, Johnny Clueless was there with a simulated wood grain. Yeah. And I pulled up a chair and started drinking by myself. <laughs> Dude, it's... It is really, really great. Like I said, just you watch the live version of them playing and like, it's just such a, a, a flowing, um, just, it flows really well. Like, I mean, it's a master obviously of the riff and, um, it's one of those riffs that, you know, I think the way it's played, make it, makes it really, you know, really appealing. Mm-hmm. may not be the hardest thing to play. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I I'll just tell feel you the, like the drumming on it, the, the live drumming Chad Fisher did on this, uh, who was the live drummer from 91 to 94 is, is really, really great and super complimentary yeah. of all of those elements. And, and shout out to the drummer, shout out to the drummer, always shout out your local drummer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's one. so good. Uh, I think we, it's so funny. We were, uh, doing a little research and watching a few live stuff and we like to check out the YouTube comments of the world. It's the most and sincere I saw, place. Yeah, so I saw a YouTube comment, and we have a we have a shared note thing that we we put all of our stuff there, and so I, I threw the comment over there, and then Chris hopped on and sent me a screenshot of this comment, and it was and I was like, oh, and I was like, did you check the doc? And and he had picked out the same exact one that I had, and we didn't even know, which I think is great. Yeah, which leads me to the comment. It says in quotes. Uh, this song was playing on the radio Saturday morning, June 1st, 1991. As I was leaving my high school's project graduation lock-in, I just sat in my car and let the song play as about 300 other seniors slash graduates tore out of the school's parking lot for the last time. And, oh, it's so good. If that it doesn't encapsulate so, what so this good. music is, nothing does. I love Dude, three strange days. I mean, that was perfect. Like the end of the end of your senior year when you're trying to graduate, mm-hmm. and it was like you're in school, but you're not doing anything. People are cutting out early. You got graduation practice. You don't have to do. And then yeah, the kids. I love that he put the date, June first, nineteen ninety one, Saturday afternoon. You can still smell then, the like, air. And literally, those kids are like leaving all at the same time for the last time. It is just such a beautiful. Um, and I think it's really cool that this anecdote. commenter had the presence of mind to pause and take that moment in instead of being yes. one of the 300 tearing out immediately. I think that's really cool. And even better that this song was on the radio. Um, and yeah. I, I got heavy into School of Fish in 2020. And I actually, I sought out a CD copy of this album back when I could only play CDs in my car. I didn't have an aux plug-in or anything. And I yeah. played it all the time. And, and the one lyric uh, in, in Three Strange Days, it's, well, I got to make it through no matter what it takes. I've got to make it through these strange days, uh, you know, which <laughs> we've all been there there <laughs> yeah absolutely i love yeah three strange days is such a it, it it comes up in your life like periodically where you just have a couple of days like strung together just like make no sense you're totally thrown off and uh there's a lot of value in there i don't know i was just like that sneaky bender that you know that comes out of nothing that you got to deal with or mm-hmm. not you know a lot of travel days where you're just kind of yeah. like in limbo for a couple of days i mean mm-hmm. yeah it really it I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's a fun for me. It's a fun thing to think about. Yeah, 
I agree. The in, it's the so, in between of the yeah, it's so applicable. I think, and in, in the fact that a song can capture like an emotion and in a, in a feeling like that is is really really impressive. And and they certainly did that. I think it's it's no surprise that this is the one that became the hit for them, uh, and that this is the one that everybody remembers. But there's also a lot on this album too um, that I think is just. It's no wonder why they were signed, uh, and it's it's kind of a bit of a head scratcher, maybe why they didn't gain more popularity because they had the they had the hit Three Strange Days. The rest of the album's really strong. I just think of how great of alternative rock writing a lot of this album is. I mean, some of my favorites are Deep End, King of the Dollar, Wrong, Rose Colored Glasses, and then they had their their great ballad on there to close it out called Euphoria. Um, but you know, you hear a song like Wrong and Rose Colored Glasses. I mean, they've got the really catchy hooks. Um, they've got the great instrumentation. The, the vocals are right on point uh, by, by Josh Clayton Felt. Um, and this is just, this is a really, really strong debut album. Really strong. I think so too. Yeah, I absolutely think so. I mean, it's, it's very complete. You know, each song, like, like you said, uh, King of the Dollar, just really driving. Mm-hmm. Like, got the guitar going, and he has this, um, the 90s rock voice that's slightly different than, you know, what you find in a studio. It's a little bit off. Yeah. And uh, it really pulls people in, pulls, mm-hmm. you know, pulls me in, obviously. But and absolutely. it was popular. It's yeah. popular that time. So yeah, it's just a good band. A fun part about uh, King of the Dollar, which is the fifth track, um, they, as a part of the lyrics, they 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 use the phrase um, "can't get no satisfaction." And, and right after it, riff. right after it, Michael Ward throws in the uh, "can't get no satisfaction" from the Stones. Yeah. Uh, the the lick in there, the little riff action, and they ended yeah. up ultimately they they credited Mick and <laughs> Mick and Keith Richards on the uh, the Damn songwriting it. credits for that <laughs> one. So uh, you know that's the way it happens sometimes. But yeah, this is a. Um, you know, that's a really, really great track too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, man, rose colored glasses, like some of these songs, it's, it's so strange. I mean, this album came out in 1991 and I discovered it really in earnest in 2020. And like these songs immediately take me back to like that era of my life, much like hearing three strange days takes people back to graduating high school in 91. You know, we've all got those moments in time that this music served as a soundtrack. Um, and it's certainly soundtrack worthy. Yeah, it really is. Um, Moving on to anything else you want to say about that album? I mean, it is no, not really. It's a, it's I, I a really like, solid. Listen, it's hard. It's it's just like a really solid album that if you're looking for something different, yeah, and you want to maybe you know, you know, not every song is going to hit the way you want it to, but mm-hmm. you know, that's album. You know, that, that's right. how albums go. Yeah. But the, I I would say like the only closing thought I have on on their self titled album, their debut album, is that. It happens to you and me very often that people will reach out and be like, hey, like, do you have recommendations or like, what should I listen to? And the biggest endorsement I can give of this album is that this is an album that I frequently recommend to people when they're looking Mm -hmm. for something to listen to front to back that like, you know, a lot of times people, they want to, they want to be recommended something they haven't heard before. Like chances are like, you know, they haven't, you know, invested into School of Fish. Um, so if, this is one that I show a lot of people and I'm like, make sure you listen to it front to back. Um, and you kind of, you don't cherry pick like the popular songs. Don't like go to Spotify and listen to like the two or three most popular from the album. Listen to it front to back. It's not long um, and it's it's really, really cohesive. Um, so, you know, the fact that this is the one that like in my in my private life, a lot of times I'm sharing with people that that I that I care about and I want them to enjoy my, my recommendations. This is one that I turn to so um 
you know, let that be the endorsement uh, that you all need. Hopefully there you go. You heard it. That check is out some School of Fish. Chris um, Salona's stamp that, of yeah, approval. Yeah, the stamp of approval. We're putting it on there. He so, does it in his personal life, not just on the mic. In my personal life, yeah. Business and pleasure. School of Fish is there. School of Fish yeah. album stays on during sex, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. School of Fish by School of Fish does, in fact, stay on. <laughs> So as we mentioned, uh, that was not the only album they did. Uh, they did another album in 1993 called Human Cannonball, which was also released on Capitol. Um, it was received well by the various critics that you know sought out to review this album, but it just it didn't sell. It didn't have any sort of commercial success. I think that the label certainly was hoping for, and also I'm sure the band members were hoping for. Uh, and and after this album came out in '93, 1994 was the end of the band. But I think my favorite thing about Human Cannonball, it's definitely more. It feels like a second album. You know, it's it's more polished in different ways. I think the production is more polished. But my favorite thing about this one is that on drums during the recording, the session drummer <laughs> for this was a young, very young, like 21 years old, Josh Freeze. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a great little thing that I didn't know. Trivia and, piece. Uh, yeah, so Josh Freeze, he recently became Foo Fighters a touring drummer and part of the band. And I think a lot of people are like, who is he? Like, what did he do? And, and this is exactly what he did. He showed up on albums, like, uh, the second album for school of fish. And, uh, yeah, at 20, you put 20, 21 years old. That's pretty awesome. I mean, it's probably one of his first works as, yeah. you know, an artist and a drummer. And obviously he's a, a great session drummer and, and toured with a lot of people like, you know, Weezer sublime, mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm looking at some of Danny his, Elfman. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm looking at Josh Freeze's uh, his 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 credits on albums as a featured artist and like yeah, Suicidal Tendencies, School of Fish, Paul Westerberg, Juliana Hatfield, <laughs> Westerberg, uh, Westerberg again, Danny Elfman again. Um, I mean, New Radicals. Uh, you know, he's been he's been absolutely all over the place. But as it speaks chronologically, um, some of his first work was in 1991. And God, he would have been 18 or 19 then. Uh, and then School of Fish was one of his earlier this this human cannonball record was one of his earlier um, yeah. earlier periods of time. So really, really cool. And also, you know, I've not spent nearly as much time with this album as I have with their self-titled because I, I personally prefer the self-title. I think yeah. it's a little better, uh, but there's some great songs on there. I, I love the song Complicator uh, and also Fountain. I, it's got like an, I'm a sucker for like a nice little ascending guitar riff at the beginning and, and Fountain's got yeah. that. And it kind of like, I didn't know of it when I was in college, but like this album, that song uh, Fountain, for some reason it just reminds me of college and like being like 18 or 19 or 20 and whatnot. And, yeah. and, you know, all throughout both of these albums, Josh Clayton felt's voice um, really, really thrives. And it kind of like yeah. brings all of, it really ties the room together as, as some would say. Uh, I, yeah, absolutely. The, the guitar work in his voice is definitely what make, what sets this band apart. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like kerosene off of that album. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've, I've only given it a few times through, right. but that has some good melodies in it. Um, and it's a little bit longer if I remember it. it's probably like six minutes or something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, Another solid album, you know. Like I said, go. We go to this the original one first. It's tough. When when's the last time you know if you if you're going to a band, do you listen to two albums straight through? Not not very like, often. Yeah. Yeah. The attention span the attention span doesn't always last that long. Yeah. So I feel that like I'll probably get through an album. hasn't happened. Um, that probably hasn't happened for me, honestly. 
like since I Ever. first started getting into grunge. Like I remember I would just have like Pearl Jam days and I would just listen because everything yeah. was new at the time. Um, but usually, you know, I gotta switch. I gotta switch artists. So you know, it's yeah. always the self-titled and so and, yeah. You when know, you, I gotta throw so some every human time you cannonball in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe maybe a playlist is uh, in order for some people and, and you throw a few songs on. But School of Fishes, yeah, really solid. Kids. Yeah, absolutely, and really really great musicians. And I, I think I get the sense that a lot of these artists in the band. Uh, you know, we're just like students of music and certainly Michael Ward was, as we spoke about, but also Joshua Clayton felt, you know, he came from, you know, he was heavily invested in music from a really young age and, and he went on uh, to a solo career, actually he released an album uh, in 1996 called Inarticulate Nature Boy, uh, which is definitely a little bit more of a different textured listen I would say than any of his work with School of Fish, um, but and and he was working on a few other projects. But you know, I think you know the sad part of the School of Fish story. Josh Clayton felt passed away uh, from testicular cancer at only 32 years old. He was yeah. diagnosed in December of 1999 uh, with a very very aggressive difficult form of testicular cancer and he was gone in January of 2000, you know, just about a month later. Um, but it's, it's cool, you know, his estate, they were able to put together a few posthumous releases from a lot of the projects that he was working on as a solo artist, uh, in subsequent years and, um, surviving members of school of fish here and there have come together to, you know, play some of their songs. And I think there's a, there's a version of three strange days from, uh, you know, the, the pandemic lockdown era in 2020. And they, they did a live stream, I think together and they played it, um, which is really cool. Uh, you know, the, the fact that, you know, those guys were able to communicate again and, and get together and play some of those, some of those songs, um, you know, together after all those years. And I'm sure they, they don't do it without, uh, you know, without thinking of their, their friend, Josh Clayton felt. Yeah. Really sad part of the story. Uh, 32 is just so young. You know, to die of a uh, you know, medical, something like that. I mean, yeah. it's really not, not ideal yeah. in a lot of ways. So, yeah, but um, it's a good band. Yeah. And a good, good musicians yeah. is, a, is a part of it. So that is our, it's our endorsement. You know, you got to listen to some School of Fish. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a, a person that likes to listen to like what I, I wrote down at Marcy's Playground, lit, ever clear type of, you know, sound and stuff. Even School like fish. like like live maybe too. You could throw live yeah. in there a little bit. I think mm -hmm. that kind of that could be a, a connection there as well. Mm -hmm. A little yeah. porno for pyros and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. You're gonna love them. You know, you're really gonna enjoy them. So give it a shot and uh, let us know what you think. Absolutely, that's what we're here for. School of fish. So if, if that uh, if you if you don't have anything else to say, we can wrap up the school of fish section of the episode. Yes, we can. Which would take us, which would take us to our last part, where we give you recommendations of songs that you should be listening to. Not that we, you know, we don't always give you songs to listen to, and people we just give I me, mean, we just give you a whole band. But sometimes we like to just kind of we have a playlist running, and we just like to put songs that are honestly just kind of eclectic, and and we want to put it together on a list. I mean, there's really no rhyme or reason. It's Usually like at it's the, the end last... of a political debate where they they're like, we're we're now going to give all of the candidates on stage sixty <laughs> seconds to talk about why they think they should be the nominee or why they should be elected. And like, this is our sixty seconds at the end of the debate where it's like, we have the floor, and this is why you should listen to the song. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so this I have is to your ask, time, are Chris, you, you have 60 seconds. Well, so are you, are you picking a school of fish song? Uh, no. Okay. I'm not I'm gonna, either. I'm, 
I'm not going to this time because we just told okay. him. We go listen yeah. to him. I mean, yeah. usually we do that if we have blood. But I got another song that I want to shout out that okay. has been important in the last month. Great. So I am going I, to. Yeah, I'll, lead, go I'll lead off. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll get into it. I, I just I just decided on mine. Um, so my song of the week is going to be a cover of a Taylor Swift song uh, by the frontman of the Wonder Years, Dan Campbell. Um, and he did a cover, I think in 2019 or 2020, of Taylor Swift's song All Too Well. Um, and I love the Taylor Swift version. I love the 10 minute version. I love like the 15 minute mini film that they released for it. Um, and I fucking love Dan Campbell's version above all. Um, I have been completely and utterly hopelessly obsessed with anything that Dan Campbell has done for You've the last it, like, three months of my life. Um, you know, I've spent some time with him watching him live. Uh, you know, I've just consumed, like, I'm telling you this year is finally going to be the year that, um, the trio of Mark Lanigan, Bruce Springsteen, and Pearl Jam are unseated as my uh, my top on my Spotify wrapped. And uh, the Wonder Years, I think, are full steam ahead to the top spot. And uh, Dan Campbell might find <laughs> might find his way in there as well as a solo <laughs> artist. Um, but yeah, dude, it's fucking great. I love I love his voice. Um, and I love how he just makes it his own. So that's gonna be my yeah. my song of the week. I think I've had like three or four Wonder Year songs in the last couple of months, so I I steered clear of that. But I'm still getting my my dose of Dan in here somehow. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Not not surprising. And yeah, this is a, this has been a hard stretch for you. You've been really hammering uh, away. Yeah, dude. Feels good though. Sometimes it feels, it feels good. good it feels good to invest entrenched. in something in this way. Like you invest your time, you know, in yeah. in, in a band, and and you really not not that it's like. Not that you're it's planting like, your flag. Yeah, exactly. Like it takes effort to do that, and and it's fun. You're like, putting I, in the work. You're yeah, putting dude, in the work. Fucking putting People. in the work. Like got up this morning. You know, listen to the Wonder Years. You know, listen to Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go to sleep. I'm gonna do the same thing. <laughs> I will not be called a poser. I've been. I'm. I am here to stay. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, I've seen them five times this year. I've seen them like eight times overall. And and right. my my friend Cullen Eddie Vetter got me through my second divorce. I, I went to the show and he and he's seen them like twelve or thirteen times. And he finally he gave me the the greatest endorsement he's like you're no longer a newbie with this band like you like you like you're in now like you're you know you're seasoned so you can you can say all of the things that like oh like oh this show is so much better like they always play better in this state because I, I have the perspective now <laughs> yes dude you can be like yeah that's that's awesome yeah i fucking you can love say it. with confidence this is not one of the better shows like this yeah is not exactly normal. and i'll Are tell you? you the boston show that i just saw a couple of nights ago once again uh you know if you become a top level patreon supporter you get to see a live show with me uh, probably the wonder years probably the wonder years yeah uh rachel corning and eddie vetter got me through my second divorce we bellied up to the house of blues in boston and watched the wonder years which was amazing it was it was my second favorite wonder Years show out of the eight that i've seen for sure yeah, right, right behind Philly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right behind Philly. <laughs> um, so my song, yeah. uh, it's very topical. Uh, is it Paul because, Westerberg? <laughs> it is. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's School of Fish. No, it's not that either. <laughs> so my song, um, and it it was my buddy Nick just got married, and yes. uh, it was a song that. Him and the guys like to sing for a while, and I kind of I kind of heard it from them first, but mm -hmm. then I realized that you know they got it because they, they obviously live in Philly, right. and the Phillies play this after each win, and it's dancing on my own. Oh hell the, yeah! The remix with it's with Tiesto and uh, Callum Scott, 
and it is absolutely electric. Yeah. And there's some great montages of all the Philly stuff out there, but he played it at their wedding. Like, like obviously like it was in the wee bits of the night. We played it like seven times. We just kept playing it because it oh, was yeah. just so good. Absolutely. And this song is just like that feel good energy. Like dude, just dancing on my own. And like, you know how it is when you're dancing on your own and man, it is it is a good song. Gets you a little emotional yeah. just because. And uh, yeah. I'm hoping to, like they say, play the damn song. Like yeah. I need to hear it tonight. It's, They're not going to play it. They won't play funny. the Diamondback Stadium, but I want to hear it. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's funny that the Phillies, the 2023 Phils are using that song. So the Red Sox made it to the American League Championship Series in 2021, and they used this song as well. Ah. And I don't, maybe Schwarber brought it over because he, <laughs> he, was, he was on the Sox in 2021. Maybe the Schwarber brought it over. <laughs> That would make the song that much. I wouldn't better. put it past him. I mean, what what can't that man do besides hit over two fifty? <laughs> besides hit over yeah. two hundred, but it's okay. He hits tanks. He hit one last night. Uh, you know, ultimately the Phils came up short. But for those those Chris, proud few watching on YouTube, I've got the Phils jersey on right now. So, Chris, that last at bat that he had in the bottom in the or the top of the ninth. Mm-hmm. He was like centimeters from getting underneath that ball, and it would have been absolutely gone. Yeah. I mean, it got it got to the outfield in a hurry. Uh, it was just a little too low, or that would have been he would have did it again. So yeah. that sucked to see because we couldn't get a hit after that. So as it stands right now, the Phillies Diamondbacks NLCS they're tied two games apiece in a best of seven. So it essentially becomes a best of three. Uh, we're recording this on Saturday, October twenty first. They play in about four hours. Uh, we're going to team grunge Bible is going to be watching that. And uh, the nice thing, the, the series cannot end before this episode comes out, but certainly by the next time we talk to you, uh, the Phillies will hopefully be in the world series. Yeah. Uh, this is a last away game. And then we go back to the bank. So I, they don't, they don't lose. They don't lose at the bank. We're, unde- so. we're undefeated in the postseason in the bank at the bank. And we hit like, like we hit like 400 or something where away we're like, you know, right under 200 or something. Like that. I mean, we hit like crazy. Yeah, probably not 400, but it's, it's pretty high. It's, it's up there. So yeah, go a lot Phils. Of so with that, I believe this episode has come to a conclusion. I want to thank yeah. you all for listening and uh, giving us your time and support. Please consider becoming a Patreon supporter, helping us out that way. If not, just share, like, and be active on the page. Um, that does, you know, that does it. That does the job as well. So we're not picky. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, we are here because of you. Amen to that. So Amen. thank you, everybody. Into the flood again. Hope you have a great week. And we will see you same place, same time next week. Stay heavy. Rock and roll.